The Missing Intelligence Podcast is part of the Acast Creators Network. Right, now we can actually start recording. Yes. 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 Yeah. You ready? Yes. Welcome to the Missing Intelligence Podcast. My name is Michael Hobley. I'm here with Joe Barker. Uh, we're just two friends with a lot to say. But no one to say it to. Joe, how you doing, mate? What's going on? I'm good. I'm good. How has your week been? Yeah, man. Good. What have been up to? Not a great deal, but on when was it? Wednesday? Thursday? Thursday. Thursday. Uh, I went mm. to a gig with my brother. I went to Spirit Box. Oh. Yes. Did you enjoy yes. yourself? Oh, man, it's wicked. It was like my first proper metal gig. To, I went So Spirit Box are a metal band. Um, and I was like two rows of people away from the mosh pits um at times and it was both exhilarating and scary and i loved it oh. it was brilliant and the show nice. was amazing as well I was, I was saying before that obviously i went to kiss and i was saying how that's the best show i've ever been to this i think was the second best i think are these the only two gigs that you've ever been to no no because no, no, we went to paramore <laughs> remember Oh, yeah. Back in, like, 2013 or whatever it was. Yeah, that was a long um, time ago. So I've seen Paramore twice. I've seen Bullet for My Valentine. I've seen Kiss. I've seen Spirit Box. Mm. Uh, we went to that Ollie Murs concert through school that one oh, time, yeah. which I thought was, was pretty good. That wasn't a bad gig. That... Yeah, it was all right. I enjoyed myself. Yeah. But in terms of, like, I don't remember paramore all that well to concretely say whether or not that was a good gig mm. um i remember being entertained and i remember leaving going oh that's fucking amazing because paramore are one of my favorite bands but it was such a long time ago the, the memory's fuzzy you know yeah i'm with you but it was well, yeah, bullet, old mike yeah but for my valentine was a good show but i think spirit box did better they had like more pyrotechnics and stuff and the music in my opinion i prefer it to bullet but bullet was still really good but yeah so that's pretty much my week i've also been trying to think of this on a personal note ways i can work on my career and oh. so i've been i've been thinking about doing a like a diploma or a degree or something yeah and there's this one degree that's basically a data data science uh, degree and it says that it's like it, obviously it's very heavily maths based and it says mm-hmm. like if you if you're not sure if you're capable maths wise, um, you can take this little test. So I started the test. I've got stuck three questions in. <laughs> um, I'll show you. Look for, for those of you listening. Um, I've I've written down um, my calculations for some of these maths questions. Look at that. Yeah, that's involved. Yeah, that is I, very involved. I I got them right after googling. So, the answer like, I knew, like there was this one with a ladder against a wall kind of thing i knew it was the um what was it called it's gone from pythagoras the theorem pythagoras theorem yeah i knew it was that but i couldn't remember how to do it so i quickly googled it and then as i got my reminder i was like okay now i can do it and i actually worked it out and got it right but yeah i'm a little bit my confidence is shook a little bit so i might try and find a uh a maths tutor Something... just to less maths orientated no 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 no. i still want to do it it's just oh okay i I think i think i need to because it's like 13 years since we did maths at gcse 
Yeah. I just I need a refresher. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that's my week. How was oh, your good. week? <laughs> my week has been good. Yeah. So um Dan was away at the weekend, my my, my fiance Dan. Mm-hmm. Um so I had the house to myself, to be honest. Um one one of our friends come over for the weekend and we ended up watching Goodwood, which was very good wood. Oh. Um I enjoyed myself. It was um what, it, what, it, is, was, what is Goodwood? So Goodwood is like um the car show in the ah, UK. Right. So it's where they uh, unveil new cars or they'll have right. like special cars from like the past. And they do this thing called the hill climb. Um and that's like the big event and they basically take turns going up the hill climb. And they've done like a nice little um a nice little tribute to Ken Block. So Ken Block, for anyone who doesn't know, is a um, an old rally driver, um, but he was best known for his, what he called Jim Carners, where he used to do drifting and things like that, and he used to have some amazing cars. He actually started off DC Shoes, the company DC Shoes, and he's okay. actually a founder of Hoonigan as well. I don't know if you've heard it. I've heard of none of these, I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, so he passed away um, at the beginning of this year in in an accident with a snowmobile. Um, Mm. So they had some of his friends at Hoonigan and a couple of other sort of famous drift artists, I would say. That's what you would call them. Um, And they they put on a little show and it it was nice. It was very lovely. And... My weekend of cars didn't stop there, Mike, because I watched Fast and Furious 10. Oh, nice. How is it? I say nice, like I've watched any, I haven't watched any of the, (laughs) I don't know if it's nice, but go on, tell me. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Really? It was. Okay. So again, for the listeners, our um, pilot test episode, if you want, we did talk about Fast and Furious a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So the most of my knowledge that I know about Fast and Furious is from that chat that we had. And from my knowledge, I remember you going into it with all the news of who's going to be in it. Cause what was his name? Um, Vin Dwayne Diesel, Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was going to come back because he had some spat with Vin Diesel. That's now been sorted. Is that right? Yes. It looks like it. So he is actually <clears throat> spoiler warning. He is actually in a um, post credit scene. Um, oh. so he's definitely back. Big Hobbs with his <laughs> polished bald head is going to be back in the show, in the films. Um, so uh, I'm sure there's quite a few people that have seen the Fast and Furious films, or if you haven't, I would say that up until number five, they started going a bit batshit crazy in, and especially with the newer ones, they're just over the top. Yeah, just not realistic in yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Have they, have they come back down from space in this one? Then, yeah, so they've come back down from space. Um, <laughs> but it is still equally batshit, right? But it was it was quite entertaining, and I think it's because I put that to one side. I thought, right, I'm going to ignore the old films, what I loved about the old films, and I'm going to look at this as a new film completely separate to the story of the original ones right maybe i've just watched this as like at the end of the film dom's gonna wake up and the last six films were like a fever dream 
<laughs> or something like that. Right. And he's he's back on the street scene. Um, but it was actually really entertaining. Jason Momoa is in it as as the bad guy. Right. And he is hamming it up and he is loving it, Mike. Um, he's over the top, very dramatic, very um flamboyant in his performance. And do you know what? He was the best thing about that film. Really? Yeah, oh I he was brilliant. I, I, I can't I can't imagine character. him. I can't imagine him being uh, flamboyant. No, but he's, <laughs> he he does it perfectly. It's like a Jason Momoa we've never seen before. But okay. he, um, yeah, he pulls it out of bag. He was really good, and I think the film in general was was actually quite entertaining. It ends stupidly, of course, I think, but it ends on a cliffhanger, so we have to wait and see. Yeah, because they're doing um, a three part final thing. Yeah, a three a part finale. Or, in my opinion, just three more films. It's not finale. You can't do a finale with three films. It's stupid. Mm. But, yeah, apart from that, that was it. That was all all I really got up to. We've got some news in terms of the podcast, Joe. Oh. So. Exciting. We are on social media now. (gasps) Before, we were just on Twitter. But now we're on everything. We're everywhere now. We're all the way everyone's talking about. The whole four people following us. All four of them. One of which is me. Uh, I think you'll find, Michael, we have some listeners in Singapore. Oh, we so do? Oh, yes. To our right. listeners in Singapore. Hello. Right. So let, let me let me get that up as, as you brought me up there, Joe. Right. So I've got some stats now. I, I mentioned that I'm into data. I love these stats. So we've obviously released two episodes now. This is going to be our third. Um, yeah, yeah. Our all-time streams, according to ACAST, uh, uh, sorry, the amount of all-time listeners, according to ACAST, we've got is 82 listeners. It's pretty cool, right? Because I, mm. I, I don't have 82 friends. I don't know 82 people. Exactly. So at least some of them, at least two of them are going to be people we don't know, which yeah. is great. So for you guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you continue listening. Um, but the really interesting thing, as you brought up, Joe, was that where people are listening from. So the vast majority of people from the UK obviously 80% of the listeners that we have are from the UK and it breaks it down into whereabouts. And it's obvious that the vast majority of them are people we know because they're in areas that we live in. Um, but we've got some like further afield, like Stoke and Ooh. Windsor. We've got two people in Windsor. We've got Ooh, one person fancy. in Edinburgh. Oh, hello to our Edinburgh friends. <laughs> um, we've got six people, as you pointed out in Singapore. Yeah, how cool is that, Mister Worldwide? I know, Mister's Worldwide's. Yeah, we've got four people from Spain, which one of which we knew was your dad because he was on holiday. Yep. So your dad is now Spanish. Yeah, uh, well, we've got three uh, people. Hola, from... <laughs> almost said bonjour. <laughs> That'll be Mr. French. Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got three people from Belgium in Brussels. Which is cool. Oh. Two people from the States and one person from Mexico in Mexico City. Howdy and hola to our mm. friends in North America. Yeah, who you thought we translate very well in uh, in Spanish? Mm. Who so knew? That's, that's really cool. But anyway, going back to the uh, social media, we are now on Instagram. We are now on Thread. We are now on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. We're on the lot, Joe. We're loving we're it. Really, we're really getting ourselves out there. Yeah. And the thing is, 
So now that we're on all of these and we've got listeners that I think we can, we're fair to say that we probably don't know these listen, some of these listeners that are listening. Um, if you're enjoying, but we pod, want to get to know you. Oh, exactly that. If you're enjoying each the pod, individually, so if you can speak <laughs> to us, we'll speak to you, and then we can form friendships. That's, was that a little bit full on, Mike? That that was, was too li- much. Am I going to scare people away? That was a little creepy. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. All right, I don't want to be friends with you then. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. The the um the views that Joe's have expressed there does not necessarily represent the views of the podcast. Um, <laughs> we love and appreciate you all. Thank you. No, so if you are listening and you want to get involved, please do. We will respond on all of the different platforms that we're on, whichever you choose to reach out to us. If you have a question for us, if you want to comment on something that we've said, or you want us to talk about something in future, do let us know and join in the chat today. So last week I brought up um, good old Uncle Richard, also known as Disco. Um, or now to be known as Uncle Disco. Uncle Disco, yeah. So last week we were talking about, mainly about rugby when it came to Mongol, because he corrected you with the Wasps and he gave us a little bit more information about the league set up with the rugby and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you had a question, whether or not he preferred rugby union or rugby league. He has answered that today, Joe. It's an exclusive from Uncle Disco. Oh, how exciting. It's Union. He prefers Union. Yeah, good. So he watches both, mainly Union, but he prefers playing Union because, yeah. he said, um, it's it's more tactical. Yep. First of all. And he also said that, and I think this is his coach perspective. Um, right. It doesn't matter if you're five foot, seven foot. It doesn't matter if you're 10 stone or 60 stone there's a position for you. Yeah. Which is quite nice for a sport to be able to accommodate a load, a variety of different sizes and people. Yeah, that's that's what I loved about yeah. rugby because, yeah, you've got so many different people from different walks of life, um, like you say, different shapes and sizes, and it was all-encompassing. It was, it was nice. So exclusive, straight from Disco's mouth. But he has also provided, Joe, a whole mm-hmm. bunch of questions, which right. sparked an idea between the two of us. Did it? Yeah. Oh, we're going to have a new segment in the podcast now. <gasps> this segment is called "Questions with Uncle Disco." Uncle Disco this week has asked, "What is your best and worst holidays?" Joe, do you want to go first, or do you want me to take the reins? Um, no, go on. I'll go first. So I'm going to say my worst holiday. Um, was when I was about mm, six or seven, I think I was. Okay. And we went to Malta. And whilst I was in Malta... Hang on, hang on. You're going abroad when you're young. Yeah. Okay, now you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. I did do what you're talking about, to be fair. (laughs) I think that's shallow and pedantic of you. (laughs) Yes, shallow and pedantic. Mm, Yes. Uh, So, yeah, we went to Malta when I was about six or seven. And our hotel was quite overrun with uh cockroaches um and i will still hold this memory fairly close to my heart i was doing the natural thing of having a piss and i noticed the cockroach was behind the toilet um so without thinking turned around rushed out of the toilet um to my mum dad and sister's surprise I was still pissing while I was running. So I ended up 
we in <laughs> basically up the corridor of our hotel room. Uh, yeah, and then my dad stepped in and saved the day in that occasion. On that occasion, what did he do to save the day? <laughs> Mike, have you ever seen what happens when you hold a lighter up to a can of deodorant? Yeah, yeah, that. That. Okay, <laughs> so, so that's approach. that's 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 one part of the fraction solved. How did he? How did he save the day in terms of you urinating everywhere? Oh, I don't know. I you think we just we walked off and put the room service sign on the door. Oh, you horrible <laughs> bastards! No, I don't think that's actually what happened. I don't really know to be honest. Is this a repressed memory? Is My, that what you don't remember? I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was in a state of shock, traumatized. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about my piss at the time. I was, I was trying to recover from what was a, an emotional moment. You literally pissed yourself at the sight of a cockroach. I did. Well, I was <laughs> technically, I was already pissing myself, and then the cockroach just diverted where I was pissing. <laughs> so my favourite holiday um, is a recent one. Um, we went to America uh, in 2020 um, and it was the first time my fiance had ever been to Orlando and we're big fans of Disney. So it was lovely. It was lovely to see her reaction to Disney because when I was younger, um, we used to go quite often um so we we kind of see it a lot um but to have someone there who's never had that experience before and sort of see her reaction and and things yeah. like that was was pretty impressive well, I mean, it actually... was... go on sorry but michael there's also another holiday which is i hold quite dear to my to 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 my heart um and that was when um, me and my partner went on our first holiday together, just the two of us, to uh, Fuerteventura. So it was the first time we'd been on holiday in a couple of years, obviously, because of COVID. Uh, so we went to Fuerteventura, and that's where I proposed on the beach. Yeah. Aww. Fuerteventura, and it was lovely. And yeah. she made me the happiest man in the world by saying yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the theme of today's podcast. We're going to be really emotional are we okay oh okay no all right fuck emotions let's have it (laughs) um for me to answer the question if you don't mind joe Mm. Uh, no uh, please don't okay so moving on (laughs) (laughs) what's your worst holiday Uh, uh so i don't have a worst holiday because although in hindsight, where I went as a kid was sort of run down and a bit crappy. I had fond memories of those holidays still. Um, and there's, there's on every holiday, I've had moments where there's, it's not been a great time, but there are any moments they don't, for me anyway, they haven't undermined the entire holiday. You know, then it hasn't left a t- sour taste in my mouth. So I don't have yeah. a bad holiday experience. Okay. I wouldn't say. However, well, all right. For but, some. To answer, but to answer that question, differently what would make a bad holiday for me is what i'll answer so you're going to disagree with me because okay your favorite holiday which is your proposal holiday mm-hmm. is exactly the type of holiday would be a bad holiday for me not, not not the proposing part that's fine but you guys so you wouldn't want me to take you on holiday and propose to you is that what you're saying 
I'll just take the ring back then. That's oh, fine. Cool. <laughs> Fuck you. Propose to yourself, scumbag. <laughs> no, no, because you guys were like in a resort, right? Yes. And you pretty much stayed in a resort and did your all-inclusive, which is fine. That's what you want to do. I we, can't do done, that. We had some little outings. But yeah, I think this is, like you say, we kind of differ in that respect where yeah. I see a holiday as a somewhere to chill, relax, yeah. do absolutely nothing. Yeah, that, that does not like sound like a good stuff. holiday for me. Oh, man. I, I need to go out and see different culture and experience you know things that you just won't experience in England. Mm. Um, I get it. I get why you're like that and why you want a holiday where you just chill and do nothing. Yeah. When I go on holiday, there will be a day, maybe two, where I will just do nothing and I'll just yeah. lounge and sun it up or whatever. But for the most part, yeah, I want to go out and experience culture and experience where I am, you know? Yeah. So that would be a bad holiday for me if I wasn't allowed to go and do that, if I had to stay in a resort or whatever. So I want to go somewhere and see actual, like the actual local culture. Yeah. Not just the touristy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. All right. We get your hipster. Right. (laughs) What's your, (laughs) what's your favorite holiday? So again, I've kind of got two answers to this. One of them is because I keep going back to it and Mm. I can't go, you can't go wrong with this holiday, which is, so I'm very fortunate that my landlord has a um, apartment out in Marbella or Estepona. Um, and I've been out there five, six times now. And I've done the same things every time. And I can't get enough of it. I, I love it, what you can do out there. I, I mean, mm. I love I love Spain anyway. But the food's great. The bars are great. Um, there's loads of things, that, loads of different things you can go see every time. I always have a trip out to Gibraltar, which is nice. So that's that, that those holidays sets of holidays that i've had at my bay have always been a good time other than that when i went to bali was just an incredible experience i went by myself for the first time first time i went anywhere by myself Mm. all the way to bali it's first time i went long haul as well and i experienced a culture that just obviously it's not europe is it so no to a degree you know you expect european culture to be different but it's still quite similar if you know what i mean like you go to Spain, you expect it to be Spanish, but kind of still westernized. Whereas in Bali, it's so different is is the only way I can put it. Like it's still, it's not like it's back in the dark ages. It's still modern and stuff, but it's just different. And it's yeah. it's so it's such a, a weird thing to experience for the first time. Something so different, you know? Yeah. Hmm. So I think that answers your question, Disco. So thank you very much for that. And we'll look forward to next week's question. So thank you thank very much. Thank you kindly. So with all that said, Joe, let's mm-hmm. move on to sport because there's not much going on. So let's just get that out of the way um, yep. and then we can get on with the other news. Yeah. So what I've been able to scrounge is, first of all, um, Carlos Alcaraz has beaten um, Jokovic in the yes. final. Yeah, because this this is he's quite a young lad. He's actually the third youngest person to win the uh, the tournament. He's only uh, twenty, I think. Yeah, he's one. He's on Wimbledon, and then also Ver, Vern, Von Vondro Vondrasova Vondrasova has won the women's Wimbledon. And the article that I found about that explains that um, with the women's side of tennis, it's it just goes to show how varied the talent is. 
You know, there's mm. so many different since Serena Williams sort of retired and stepped back. There's so many different champions that have come. Yeah, it's not like it's... in men's where it's like the same names are always winning. Yeah, it, it's a very open field yeah. with the women's tennis at the moment. There's nobody who's really sort of stepping up and stepping away from the mm. rest of the competition. But it's nice because it keeps it. it yeah, it keeps it, it interesting. And, yeah, exactly, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So that's so well done to those two. Um, Messi has uh, officially moved to Inter Miami, which is a bit of a shock, I would say, because he's he's still, you know, one of the best players in the world, and to go to what is essentially a retirement league, yeah. um, it's a bit odd. I would have thought he'd go somewhere else. I would have liked to have seen him come to England, but that that was never on the cards. I don't think, no. and I don't think. I don't think he would have gone back to Barca because of their money problems. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it kind of makes sense going to MLS then. It would have been nice for him to go back to Barca as like that player with experience and potentially, even if it was just the one season, end his career there and then potentially yeah. go into like coaching or something at Barcelona. Yeah. Um, that would have been like the fairy tale ending to his career. But um at the end of the day, he's still human. Maybe he does just want to chill on a beach in Miami. Maybe, maybe that is it, yeah. And that's just his retirement plan. Maybe he likes a bit of golf as well. And maybe, yeah, maybe that's 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 the idea. For I mean, him. he's done everything now. I think now that he's won the World yeah. Cup, it's it's why yeah, why would he's you winding down anyway, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Um, and the last bit of news in sport, and I've prepared a statement for this, Joe. Okay. So just just bear with me. So the, the 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 bit of news that I'm making a statement about is is uh, Declan Rice has officially moved to Arsenal. It's been completed. He's he's now an Arsenal player. And um, to Mikel Arteta, the manager of Arsenal, I say this to you: You've won, Mikel. Enjoy Rice. I hope he makes you happy. Dear Lord, what a sad little life, Mikel. You've ruined our midfield completely so you can have Rice and I hope now he gives you lessons in grace and decorum because you've all the grace of a reversing dump truck without any tyres on. So, Mikel, take Rice and get out of East London. No, in all seriousness, like... Um, it I was, do feel like it, I've heard that speech before. <laughs> no, it's original, man. I don't know what you're <laughs> oh, OK, right. No, in all, in all seriousness, like, it was, it was going to happen, whether it would be Arsenal or anyone else. Um West Ham, although are in are making the right steps to become a European powerhouse, they're still mm-hmm. five years, if not decades, away from that becoming an actual reality. So, yeah. you know, the player that, you know, he's arguably one of the best midfields in the world. So for his career, it was it was a no-brainer that he was going to move was, on, so. It was the right move. Yeah, and Kevin Nolan said it the best. We wish Deck well, but we don't wish Arsenal well. So I think that's the best thing to... <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's going to be so heartbreaking watching him play against West Ham. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's football at the end of the day. He's, moved, he's moved on for his career. So it's, it's gutting to see him go. But anyway, yeah. enough of that. Let's get on. We with move it. on. Yeah, let's get on with the real stuff. I understand, Joe. You've got an update for something that we spoke about last week. Yes. So last week we were discussing the writer's strikes and how... Um, a lot of films and uh, bits have and, and shows, TV shows, uh, has suffered from the writer strikes. However, the Writers Guild could not come to an agreement with the studios, which has forced the hand of the 
um, Actors Association, SAG, to get involved. And now they have joint ties with the Writers Guild and have also gone on strike. So for the moment, anything that has not yet been filmed is has come to a full and complete halt. Hollywood is now closed for the meantime <laughs> until obviously this saga is, is sorted and yeah. writers are paid what they deserve. Obviously, we discussed the, the writers getting paid what they deserve for the mm. work that they do, but it's interesting why actors are now coming into it because they, for the most part, get I thought, got paid quite a big wedge. Yeah, so they're doing it purely out of solidarity solidarity is that the right word for the writers but they're not just doing it for the writers so a lot so half the reasons they're striking is the same reasons as the as the writers so that's where they're getting the solidarity thing which is essentially money but the thing that's slightly different with actors is uh, when, when it comes to street like before they would get paid a big wedge and then get basically royalties on tv streams and that like tv replays and all that kind of stuff now with streaming services that royalties have come right down um and that's what they're campaigning i don't know if the writers are doing the same thing as that um the other thing that they're both striking about both the writers and the and the actors is healthcare um mm-hmm. so obviously if if i think it's more from the writers point of view and from the actors that aren't like the a list like Brad Pitts and stuff where they get paid so little particularly in america obviously they don't have free healthcare so they have mm. to pay for the healthcare, and they don't normally. When, from what I understand, when you're working in America, you get healthcare as part of your um, working sort of bonuses and stuff. That's part you, of like you, it, you get in a lot of films, don't they? They go they, yeah. when they're talking about their jobs, and they say, "Oh, does it offer dental?" Yeah, exactly. And things like that because yeah, it's, yeah. it's all like a package. Yeah, yeah. So, but they don't apparently they don't offer that for actors. Um, so that's one thing that they're campaigning for is is like good healthcare along with the contracts to work for a certain project or a certain film or whatever. Which I think um, is fair because the, the thing is with, with SAG, it's not just the likes of Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt yeah. or these big actors that are part of that union. You still get the likes of the people that are, have built a career on just being an extra mm-hmm. or get a couple of lines per film and things like that. So they then they're not taking home millions. They're still an actor, yeah. but there's so many different levels that they're still not necessarily making enough money to make a good living yeah. off of something that they enjoy doing. And it's yeah. a, it, and at the end of the day, it's still a job, regardless of whether you you're at the peak of earning millions and millions yeah. or just earning dribs and drabs here and there this is the thing so when when you sent that article about the actors are now joining in with the strikes i thought mm. i immediately thought because it was the oppenheimer article that you sent me it that's, was that's right the, yeah. the actors at the premiere walked out the premiere in, in solidarity to to strike and stuff yeah i am my first thought was these major actors are striking rather than oh they're striking on behalf of smaller as you say like actors that are making a living off of being a cast uh, a um, extra or mm. playing smaller roles or something like that I, I didn't immediately think of that until i obviously i read this this article that explains everything and yeah. the most 
eye-opening thing that, that they're striking for, in my opinion, we've mentioned it once before on a, another episode, is they're striking about the future of AI. Um, now, we t- we spoke about the new Black Mirror series, right? Yeah. And the, what's it called? The Joan is Awful episode. That's right, uh, yeah. Where they take one of the new seasons. Selma Hayek's likeness and creates mm-hmm. her and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. They're essentially campaigning about that. What they're saying is someone like an extra could be told on day one, you need to sign this. This is your contract. We will take a digital likeness of you and we will only use you this one day for the rest of the shoots. We'll put you in um, as a digital character. So they get paid a lump sum and that's it because they've handed over the rights of their digital likeness to the company. And that isn't necessarily just for this um for this one project they could they have that digital digital likeness for all of eternity and this is what's being described as a as a groundbreaking proposal from the powers that be whereas the uh sag and amptp are saying this is anything but groundbreaking it's dodgy it is so dodgy it's do- it's it reminds because i remember when this first sort of come about and i think we touched on it last week or, or the week before, where James Dean, uh, yeah, they, they yeah. announced that James Dean was going to be in a film because they got the the okay from his family. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. It's weird. I mean, when they're when they're dead, it's weird. Let alone it when weird when like, it's you're taking yeah. as, as you said, people have made a career out of being a cut as a uh, extra, and well, if you're, it, it, in my opinion, it leaves no room for new actors. Yeah, no. Because now, if if you think of making a film tomorrow and going right, it's about this book, and I've read through, and naturally the book kind of perfectly describes, I don't know, James Dean or or yeah. John Travolta from about twenty years ago. You're gonna go right. Well, he'll be the perfect cast. Yeah, and then cast him rather than looking at new talent coming through. You're gonna have films that are gonna be made up of a cast of like. 20 odd a-listers so this is the this is the trouble it's it's going into the realms of quantity instead of quality mm. you know they can bang out movies left right and center with all yeah. the digi- digital stuff but yeah. it's not going to be as good because it's not an actual human taking the time to learn the character and to put a performance on essentially it's all, all it is is just programming i still yeah. prefer films that have more of a practical edge to their effects than to cgi now cgi has its place of course but yeah the practical like it, it, the fact that you're seeing something real mm. for me is more gripping than a good bit of cgi that depends yeah. on the type of film of course but well this goes back to when i was watching fast x and there was quite a few especially car crashes which didn't necessarily because they these films have got massive budgets mm. so they've cgi'd car crashes that could have been done practically. One of my favourite films is, or, or sort of liner films, is um, the James Bond films. Mm-hmm. And they pride themselves on doing everything practically. And like you say, Mike, it's so much better. Obviously, and well, what I'm talking about that is you, you've got the new um, uh, Mission Impossible film coming out. Yeah. And obviously... Tom Cruise is one who wants to do everything 
real. He, he don't mm. want to be just well, his face not... put on someone else's body. I mean, he for, wants for, to kill himself. Yeah, for him, it's not just he <laughs> wants to do it for real. He want he wants to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And do you know what? You watch the Mission Impossible films; they are so much better for it. Yeah. Yeah. They're so much better for it. And okay, yeah, you do need a big budget to, to, to sort of do that kind of things, but it, they are possible. Mm. And that's exactly how films used to be made. Everything that had to, if it weren't in camera, it weren't in the film. Yeah. And I think we kind of need to go back to, to that way of thinking because yeah. I think some of the CGI, especially nowadays, kind of does take you out yeah. of the, of being able to suspend your disbelief. Yeah. No, for sure. I'll cut us. We'll do it better, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So that's essentially their, their three things that they're striking about is money, healthcare, and the future of AI, which I think is... Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I think the fact that they should get paid for what they're doing is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. it's particularly in America, they're doing a job. Every other job offers healthcare. They should be offered healthcare. Even yeah. if it's purely for the you know the contract length, of course. Why would why would they want? Why would anyone sign up for? We'll scan you once and we'll never use you again, other than your digital likeness. Yeah, it's would, it's like you being replaced as a as a robot, Mike, for your job. I, you say that of, I can help. We're going through a new system change, and mm. they're building a new system for us. And I keep suggesting ideas, which will put me out of a job. <laughs> well, I would probably recommend you don't do that. Yeah, um, but it'll make my life so much easier. And say, look how much better I am at my job for being all real and fleshy. Yeah. <laughs> they said something the other day. I was like, uh, but I do that. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm not doing that. Uh... <laughs> yeah. That's it. Join the union. <laughs> <laughs> so while that's... um. While they're uh, striking and they're they're coming to a a middle ground and a conclusion to said strikes, mm. um, in other news, Microsoft have come through a uh, different set of what do you call it appeals, if you want to call it that. Yeah, it's appeals. Yeah, appeals. Um, you you would want to call it that because that's exactly what it is. Yes, exactly. Yes, words. <laughs> um, so Microsoft have putting a 69 69 billion dollar purchase of Activision Blizzard Activision Blizzard Activision Blizzard mm, I love Activision Blizzard <laughs> Activision Blizzard <laughs> um, so they put in a 69 billion pound or 53 billion purchase of Activision Blizzard yeah. Uh, which the U.S. Um, Fe- uh, Federal Trade Commission um, put a- appeals in. Basically, the, the gist of it is um, they're worried about competition. Now, the U.S. Court of Appeals have rejected this uh, appeal. So mm-hmm. that's the next step forward for Microsoft to go through with this purchase. The only the last big stumbling block is the U.K. haven't made a decision about it yet because it has to go through a worldwide trade competition thing and the uk haven't mm-hmm. yet made a decision whether or not they're going to okay this um for similar reasons that you know they're worried about competition in the market and stuff yeah well i think this comes down to i wonder if it's because it's a kind of media situation i don't know if it's on the same realm mike but uh rupert murdoch about five or six years ago 
wanted to buy it, I think it was either ESPN or Sky right. News. Um, and, and it went through a similar situation where people obviously had to vote on whether the whether the buyout could take place because it would mean that he had a certain amount of control over a large portion of the media. So well, I don't I, know if it's I think that's, along those I mean, similar it's, lines. It's similar, but I don't think it's a competition thing. I think it's more of like a propaganda thing. Obviously, yeah. you, need, you need to have as many different types of media outlets and different types of opinions and yeah. stuff. For, and that's so where that we not... come in, Michael, because we can share our ideas and we can spread some propaganda of our own. Yeah, we're representing <laughs> a low IQ. Yeah. <laughs> but no, in terms of in terms of the Microsoft dealio, so that the worry is, so they've already purchased a few years ago Bethesda, which, as you know, yep. are the studios that get that brought us. Elder Scrolls uh, series, the Fallout series, the Doom series, the uh, Wolfenstein, the new after new Starfield, yeah. Wolfenstein. So some major games. So Microsoft have already bought that studio, and now obviously they're they're looking like they're going to be buying Activision. So the worry is they they've now taken over two major, or will be having taken over two major studios in the gaming industry mm-hmm. um, the worry is that there's going to just be no market and microsoft will be able to shut out the likes of sony to certain games um, mm-hmm. which will then give obviously xbox and pc a, a monopoly over certain a monopoly over most games really apart from the nintendo yeah. games so that was the worry but um microsoft have assured everyone that there's going to be they'll offer the likes of like sony 10-year licenses for games basically so that they they can have a rival and have that competition in the market and if microsoft have any kind of similarity with their takeover of bethesda they essentially took over bethesda but allowed them to continue as normal with obviously some influences from them so if they do the same with activision they will basically although you say that mike one of the first things they'd done once they bought it was announce starfield which was already announced before the takeover they then announced that that was going to be an Xbox exclusive as opposed to a available on all consoles. So this, this is this is what the worry is. Is yeah, and I, I must say, Mike, I am very worried. Are you worried? I am. I'm sh- shaking with worry. Yeah, it's so worrying. <laughs> I'm so startled. <laughs> uh, Mike, in other gaming news. We've had some, we had a, a press conference, I suppose you could call it that, about the new EA game. I don't know if, I, mean, I know you're aware, but I don't know if our listeners are aware. But EA and FIFA have parted ways now. FIFA are going to be creating their own game with a new company. It's, I'm still curious as to who that's going to be. Because we, we both thought it would be 2K, didn't we? I, I would like it to be 2K because I really like what they do with their basketball games. In terms of the the behind the scenes, uh, things that you can get up to when you're not actually on the court, but mm. I'm sure we'll sort of get into that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I bite it. That's all right. You 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 jumped well ahead there. <laughs> Slow yourself down, Treacle. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, EA have come out and and obviously they're going to be doing their own game as well called EA FC Twenty Four. Um. There's been some big revolution. <laughs> you would you're, you're in hell. you're in a two minds that you want to say two things at once. You want to say revelations and one thing will be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
to get a word out, let alone two. Right. Maybe you need to slow down, Treacle. I think I do need to slow down, Treacle. (laughs) (laughs) So there's been some revelations is what I was looking for. There we go. One of the big things for me, Mike, that I noticed is that they have signed a multi-year exclusive deal with the Champions League and the Premier League. Sorry, the way you said that... um... Kind of hinted that like, they're trying to keep it on the down low. Oh, really? I, the way I noticed, I, I noticed this little detail. <laughs> they failed to mention. Like, they're making a huge deal, bringing Figo, <laughs> Drogba, and Ronaldinho out of that. It's just like, I don't tell anyone, yeah, but we've just signed a little deal with the uh, with the Premier League. So I think because of that, they've, they've pretty much killed the competition before it's even started. Now, I know... Yeah. Multi-year could be anywhere between two years and infinity years. But for the moment, that, that's a huge deal. I know that sort of Pro Evolution Soccer never really used to do as well as FIFA because of licensing issues and stuff. So that's a that's a huge win, in my opinion, for, for EA Sports FC. Well, I mean, from a business standpoint, I would I would assume it's probably two or three years, contra- uh, the contract. One... The reason why I say that is one because when it was a big rivalry between Pez and FIFA, the championship license and um, certain specific licenses, like for the new camp, used to always change hands every couple of years. Mm. And because FIFA haven't yet got a game, I reckon from a uh, from a business point of view, in terms of who can bid the most money and from a trade competition from that kind of standpoint it would be good for business if so you got the first year where it's just ea because mm-hmm. fifa haven't done anything yet no that second year it's the first year for fifa their new game so it's it's they're going to be sort of testing the waters in uncharted territory depending on who what studio they go with so from a, as I say, from a business standpoint, it makes sense that they, it might be two or three years just to see, just so that they can see how well FIFA fares with their game, and then they can sort of decide, ah, oh, you know, that actually looks like a really good game. I reckon more people will get on this if they have the licensing. Yeah, I reckon they're obviously going to take into consideration how well each game's doing as well yeah. in terms of sales and things like that. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, they're not going to want to overcommit to EA. And then the new FIFA comes out and everyone flocks to that and yeah. and that's going to have monopoly over the market. Yeah. So, yeah, I, f- I think probably about three. I-, I would have thought multi-year would be between sort of three and five. I don't think they would commit to anything over that. No, nah, no. Nah. Um, and I'm pretty sure, I'm not 100% on this, but I think the Champions League signed the five-year deal with FIFA slash EA when they were still making the EA games. So that might be what they're kind of sticking with. That was the main thing. They they did go into a lot of, about the new Ultimate Team, which is now going to be known as EAFC Ultimate Team as opposed to FIFA Ultimate Team for obvious reasons. Um, now I'm not really into that. I know you're not really into Ultimate Team, so we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on on that for long. The thing that I like to play, and, and I know it's the same for you, Mike, is um, either Manager Mode or 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 create a promo so which is where you either play as a footballer or you you play as the manager of the team yeah. um they 
didn't cross that at all in the actual press announcement. There was a couple of notes to it on their website, which is literally just a tiny statement saying that there's it's going to be a more involved style of management and and players, but there there it was very light on actual details. Well, well, they normally that's normally one of the last things they talk about. Yeah, manager mode. They normally go through like the system stuff and then the gameplay and then ultimate team. And then they trickle down to the least important stuff because they know yeah. they yeah. Because they can't make money off of it. No, exactly. <laughs> and they know they can make money, lots of money off of Ultimate Team as well. Uh apart from that, the only thing that stood out for me, Michael, I don't know if you see the actual um presser, but um Erling Halland turned up in his pajamas. <laughs> yeah. He, he yeah. was wearing some silky, I think it was green, silky green pajama like classic looking yeah. pajama top with his initials embroidered on it as well <laughs> and his hair plaited he looked fabulous what he looked like is a 12 year old girl just freshly come back from like Benadorm <laughs> you know <laughs> you know what I mean you know when you used to come back in primary school or whatever and uh, all the you see all the loads of girls with loads of plaited hair or the one like bead of hair that's all plaited yeah yeah, yeah is that that's what he looks like <laughs> <laughs> it looked like he was ready to open his Christmas presents on Christmas Eve as well. Yeah. Like, I was begging mummy and daddy to open one special present. Yeah. It was a strange choice of outfit. I mean, I'm not any kind of fashionista, but I wouldn't wear that. <laughs> strange, strange choice. I suppose when you're the Norse god of football, you can wear whatever the fuck you like, really. <laughs> <laughs> is that what he is now? The Norse god of I mean he is basically a cheat code, isn't he? He he looks like a Norse god as well, doesn't he? He he looks like uh you know what he looks like actually. Um particularly in the photos from, from this press conference thing. You mm. know, in Monsters Inc. when the guy goes he gets on that sucking machine and then he goes all pale. That's what he looks like. <laughs> the one with loads of eyes. Oh no no he didn't he didn't he just had glasses. Yes yeah that yeah, guy yeah. yeah. Oh was that a four eyes joke? Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. It actually wasn't. It generally wasn't. What what looks kind of cool though is they obviously were showcasing him a lot because mm. he has such a unique way of playing and he has such an orthodox way of sort of striking a ball. They showed that as part of their hypermotion thing or whatever it is. So they were obviously going on from the lessons of the last couple of games where they've used high promotion and sort of improving on it as they go on. And it'll be interesting to see if it's for specific players or if every player will have a, you know, a unique way of striking the ball or will learn to a unique way to strike the ball and like change their body depending on whatever situation they may find. So one of the things that they said that with the new developments of high promotion, because what it basically is, is it's just tracking your body like you would for um and like a game so when you do like motion capture yeah it's basically that that's all they're doing but what they've managed to do with the new hypermotion is now implement that into real games so they can take footage of a real game yeah and then overlay the hypermotion so it picks up certain things that have actually happened in real football yeah 
so it is it's it's really clever and the thing is obviously this is another place where EA have kind of got the upper hand because the likes of, if FIFA now do sign a deal with 2K or whoever they're going to sign their deal with they've got to develop all these technologies from scratch whereas mm. EA have had the benefit of over the last however many years 20 30 years that that FIFA's been out they've been able to develop it slowly over that that long yeah. period of time I, I think it's going to be a fair while until we have a fair battle between between FIFA but and this. This is uh, what yeah, I'm about yeah, to say. The I, I don't think I don't expect much different from for this new EA game from FIFA 23 because EA have just got this track record of not doing much. No, and they're definitely going to take full advantage of it having a new facelift because it's going to be obviously the biggest change to FIFA in a way because of all the rebranding. Because when you do get these tie-ins, especially when you get like companies working with film companies, for instance, if they're making a new Marvel game or a Star Wars game or something like that, they have a lot of say in what the game company can, the studio can and can't do. Mm. So maybe it's going to be the complete opposite, and now EA can actually implement a lot more that they will that they would have wanted to in FIFA, but maybe... Oh, that's true. I never thought of it that way. ...had sort of handcuffs on them. Um, I don't know. This is all speculation, because I don't know how much freedom FIFA gave EA, but um, especially with things like creating new clubs and stuff like that, there's a couple of things that we're going to get into in a sec regarding what we would like to see from FIFA. Actually, should we we get into that now? Well, that was going to be the next thing I was going to ask, is they're obviously not going to implement much so my question to you joe is what do you want to see implemented in an ideal world in a game where they just release it and it's got everything you want what would you want to see uh so a couple of things that i want to say is again i touched very briefly earlier on more to do off the pitch similar to yeah. what um nba 2k does um in terms of like shoe sponsorship deals so you actually have to sign with Nike or Adidas or Puma, or Puma um, a deal. I just think it adds that little bit of realism. One of the other things that I think they should add is at the moment in these games, you, you go to a team and depending on what team you go to and depending on what your overall is, you, you actually do get a wage. But there's nothing yeah. to do with those wages at the moment. I mean, I mean in the new one, they implemented a, a new mode where you could buy cars and you could buy houses and that affected your mentality whether you were like a flash git or <laughs> if you were like more of a team player it it was still a bit nothing-y yeah I would like to see like again going back to 2k you in, in the 2k games you have this whole open world city and you can go clothes shopping you can go you can buy bikes and stuff to get about you can play street basketball so that's something obviously they could implement with with uh volta football yeah and it, it just it, it made it worthwhile you were actually felt like you instead of just playing a game to win a trophy you felt like you were you were playing a game and depending on how well you played obviously the more money you got because of bonuses and like win bonuses or points bonuses or whatever was in your contract you could actually customize your character a little bit more tattoos and things like that like just to make it a little bit more personal yeah no exactly that like when you're playing fifa 
it would be nice if they had an element behind the scenes where, or you know, away from the football game, where you know whatever you get paid has uh, an impact and you can do shit with it. But equally, they they need to incentivize playing for a a, a smaller team. Take FIFA twenty three. If you ask yourself to be transferred, and Real Madrid come in for you, you're straight in the Real Madrid squad. No matter what overall you are, you go straight into playing because they've just bought you. But what they should do is incentivize. Oh, if if you go to Real Madrid, you're going to be a third string player. You, you know, you need to work your way up into the first first team. But if you come over here to Watford, you're going to be like club captain, and you're going to get all of these bonuses and all of this is going to happen for you. And you know. Yeah, they could definitely work on adding mm. or more steps between coming out of academy, yeah, and then being a first team player. Even if, like, you sat on the reserves bench for a little while, but implement reserve friendlies like they have in real life, yeah, Re- reserve games well, that, and things like that. Like you're you're a reserve player, so you're playing a reserve league in air quotes with random players that you've never heard of, but it's purely just so that you can have that experience of being a reserve player and having to work your way up to the first team. You know? I think uh, one of the other things they could work on, obviously, because we, we, we've touched on on the football, on, on the player career, in manager career. Um, one of the things I would like to see, because they implemented the creator club, which is brilliant. I love, yeah. I love that whole mode because you can, uh, I find myself making Eastbourne or, or making Dartford um, but what they are missing is sponsorship deals. Now, sponsorship deals are obviously a huge part of football in, in terms of the financial game, um, because depending on how much money you're getting from your sponsors, depends on how much you could potentially be investing back into the club. Now, I know in F123 and F124 that's just recently come out, which is also an EA game as well, they've got fake sponsorships for your team so that you do that's where your main income comes from so you can invest in better drivers or you can invest more into the development of the car um and so even if they're not real sponsorships because i know that that could be probably be a headache in itself getting real sponsors into the game but even that it would just add that extra layer of realism yeah and it, like it doesn't need to be real sponsors it could even be like you get one sponsor saying, oh, we're going to give you 10 million, which matches another sponsor's offer. But we're also going to be paying for six million pounds worth of upgrades to your stadium. And then you can use that six million. You'll, you'll get that as like a, oh, that's a new stand for us. Or we can build on this, this stand and now we've got a bigger capacity. Yeah. You know? I like that. And then, yeah. And then obviously that then adds in the element of being able to build your own stadium would be just so cool, man. Yeah. So, because so stadiums are are the the fingerprint of football clubs, really. There's everyone's, especially in England, everyone's so unique. Um, to be able to build your own and the only the way you want to build it, if you want to build a massive cop and then two small stands behind the golf, you could do whatever the bloody hell you want. And it's not like it's something that hasn't been done before. Because well, the fact the fact that you can the fact that you can build a, a stadium on FIFA Ultimate Team. Obviously, eventually, it's always the same stadium, pretty much, because yeah. there's not that many variety, different varieties of what you can do with it. But you can do it on Ultimate Team. Yeah, just put a little bit more effort into it and put it onto Manager Mode. No, it's it's not. Uh, why not? <laughs> um, one thing that I did notice about the new game, um, or, or the last two games, anyway, 
was that when when you create your team, you pick a rival. But sometimes it's it's a pain in the ass because especially if you're starting in League Two, you have to pick a rival that's in the in League Two. So then by the time you get to the Premier League, you you've not got any rival games. So it'd be nice to either select a new rival every season or just develop rivalries naturally. I mean, the rival, like particularly with creating a club, everyone knows that. I don't know about other leagues. I presume it's similar, but everyone knows in in the English leagues, your location is very important to rivalries. You know, there's the whole London die the London derby rivalry. It doesn't matter where you are in London. If you're playing a London team, that's a rivalry. Mm. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's specific ones like West Ham, Tottenham, or Tottenham Arsenal, or Fulham, Chelsea, yeah. so on and so forth. Um, but be able to be able to say where is you are actually located, your club automatically just it creates a bunch of rivalries for you. That's <clears throat> yeah, but right. So in <laughs> another EA game, so in in the um, Madden games, you can do what's called relocation. Now, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with this, Mike, but in America, teams tend to relocate quite a lot. So um, it used to be called the Oakland Raiders. Now they've moved to Las Vegas. I know the Las Vegas Raiders. And, and, and in the game, you can relocate a team. And what it will do is when you pick your area, it comes up with how much interest there is in that area in, in that particular team how many fans that you're potentially looking at. And then that would give you an idea of going, right, I want to move this team to Seattle, oh, but you've already got the, the Seahawks there. So there's not going to be much interest in introducing another team and I'm not going to get that many fans. But if you go to Myrtle Beach, they because they haven't got a football team, there'll be a lot of people that would want to see yeah, a football team yeah. in that area. So... Yeah, like you say, even if when you go to create your your football team, it comes up with, right, there's 20-odd teams in London, but there's no teams in Bath, or there's no teams in Eastbourne, or there's no teams in... That's that's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, Depending where you locate your club, it will have, say, it will say like, oh, this is, you know, if you pull it in London, it will say, this is great, you you know, game by game, for these London rivalries, you're going to generate a lot of interest for these specific games. However, London is a very congested area and you're not going to be able to build a fan base as quickly, which means throughout these seasons that you have this club, you know, your shirt sales aren't going to build as quickly or, you, you know, mm. your capacity isn't going to be able to build as quickly because you won't have the demand because it's such a congested area. Whereas, yeah. as you say, if it's an area like Eastbourne that doesn't have a football team, although your only rivalry is going to be Brighton, that's one game a season, maybe two, depending on cups or whatever. Yeah. It's going to generate a lot of interest, but you're going to have more of a fan, more of an area that doesn't support a team or doesn't have a team or whatever it may be to support yours. It's going to be interested yeah. in seeing a team in that yeah. area. Yeah. So that's, that's a really interesting mechanic you can do. That's, yeah, that's a good idea. Though. I like that. Yeah. And it, it could even go in depth as, like you were saying about areas that are highly congested, that could reduce the size of stadium that you can potentially build. And things like that. I was gonna say, like if you take Upton Park for example, I don't know what they did to um, explore expanding Upton Park rather than leaving and go to the London Stadium. Um, but obviously, because of the flats around it, you're limited to how much you can actually build it. So you're not going to have a hundred seat stadium there. You're probably max going to no. get fifty. Yeah, I think we've touched on some really good points. But so EA, if you are listening, 
if you are one of our many listeners from across the globe, pull your finger out. And and there's and there's one thing I really want them to do away with, or at least work on. So I'm gonna do a little bit of role playing now, Joe. Okay. I am Ooh, I'm, excited. I'm, I'm, I'm Who am the, I playing? So I'm the executive. Like improv. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm the uh, the executive board chairman guy, right? And you're the manager. What's your, what's your name? Um Billy. Is it short for William? Well, I was trying to go down the lines of Billy Big Bollocks, but <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Hello, Mister Big Bollocks. <laughs> um, so, so I'm I'm Billy Big Bollocks, Mister Chairman, and you're the manager. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've called you into my office for the end of season chat. You're at the end of your contract. We've extended it another year, and to give you the context, you're you've taken Luton, or no, you've taken Colchester from League Two to the Premier League and this is, is we're having the chat after your first season in the Premier League okay fuck me I am a good manager so go on action alright okay right ding dong come in hello big bollocks <laughs> Mr Big Bollocks <laughs> oh, please, please have a seat um, oh thank you I've been on my feet all day taking <laughs> Colchester from wherever league they're into the Premier League yeah no we, we've uh, we're very pleased with, with, with what you've done uh, we're just going to you go think you're pleased fuck me how do you think I feel <laughs> So we we gave you a set of objectives at the start of the season, Joe. We're just we're just going to go through these objectives to see what you've been able to achieve and whatnot. Since since at the end of your contract, we, you know, we've got to make the decision whether or not we want to keep you. I'm, I'm sure you can understand this is it's football at the end of the day. First of yeah. all, we um we asked we asked that we we survive in the Premier League and we we beat we beat rele- relegation and uh, and you won the Premier League this year. So that's that's. That's a tick. Although that was yeah. a, like staying up was a low requirement for us. So, 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 but the fact that you've won the Premier League is is a massive tick in that box. You've definitely done that. Another low requirement for us was was our, our financials. We we asked that you make a profit margin of sixty million pounds. Now you haven't actually spent anything this year, and all the search um, the shirt sales and a couple of player sales have massively increased our budget. So again, thank you very much. That's very very good. Well done. Ooh, that's a, I'm that's an a incredible tick. businessman. What can I say? The next one again, another another sort of low medium um, objective we asked for you. We we, we gave you a, a, an objective for two years to bring three players from the uh, youth team and for the next season playing fifty percent of the games, either starting or or from the bench. And um, I see this season that ten players from the youth team have been playing for the majority of the. Uh, the season so that's that's another big tick well done there yeah um, thank you well we've, we've got a lot of um of, of good players and um absolutely. we've been cracking the whip yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. and yeah. i can't believe i've been in here for about 10 minutes you went off me a drink Wait, uh, <laughs> sorry let me, well, let me let me get to that and I, you, you'll I'll have an irish coffee please you'll understand why i'm not going to be your freak you a drink there so going oh, on to okay. i'm going to on to the um the brand exposure now we did ask you to get to the round of t- 32 of the FA Cup and you actually managed to win it. So that's another big tick. Now we didn't really care about the League Cup, but you also won that as well. So we've done a domestic treble. That's amazing. Well done. Massive. Well, all these cups and you still haven't offered me a drink. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now, lastly, this was our only major high priority thing that we asked you to do. And we wanted um, for you to bring in three Asian players and you've brought in a grand total of none so because of that we are not going to be offering you a drink and we're not going to be offering you a new contract get the fuck out of my club (laughs) (laughs) 
that's how FIFA is set up, but I need a fucking picture. That is, that is. I'm just going <laughs> to give a round of applause for your performance there. That was amazing. <laughs> um, no, that is, that's exactly how it is set up at the moment. And the thing is, I don't get it. I don't get it. When he goes, you need to uh, bring three players in from South America. Now, is, are, are those three South American players or... Is that three players that are currently playing in South America? So, Mike, it's that time of the week where we find a funny article that we're going to talk about. Um, and unfortunately, this week, it's a bit of sad news, Mike. I hate yeah. to bring the... Um... But it's supposed to be funny. What are you doing? You're I going know, against I what know. Is, it's literally in the title, man. I know, but... I, I don't think anyone can carry on living their lives without knowing this bit of information. I feel terrible. But unfortunately, the singer Barco, Bar, Brocard or Bracarde has divorced her devilishly handsome ghost of a Victorian soldier after less than a year. That is devastating news, Joe. Yeah. I am I am shocked and appalled. <laughs> so Brocarde, a singer-songwriter and performer from Oxfordshire, so it's English, um, has said that the spirit become increasingly possessive. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Like, ghosts. It's writing it for possessive. us. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he has become increasingly possessive after their wedding and switch between being warm and intense to threatening. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what I think of every time I see one of these stories? Mm. Scary movie. You know, you know, you know when the girl she's she's trying to have sex with she the starts ghost. falling in love yeah. with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, exactly what I think. Of. I want to know who who married these two. Yeah, like where would they go? You, you have an exorcist, right? Mm. I wonder if you have like a sex assist. A, yeah, or a love assist or something like that. And they're like, the power of Christ marries you. The power <laughs> of Christ bonds you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just her a groomsman and his bro uh well no he i'll be it'll be his was was a clever word that we could use rather than groomsman goo ghoulsman ghoulsman <laughs> ghoulsman him and his ghoulsman and her and her bridesmaids just sat round a um a, a Ouija board <laughs> yeah. yes or no Whoa. <laughs> Are you doing it? I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it either. <laughs> the singer-songwriter and performer who goes by the name of Brocarde said that she first met the devilishly handsome Eduardo when he burst into her bedroom one dark and stormy night. That I'm just isn't very romantic. Okay, the, the um, okay, Eduardo, Eduardo, Victorian yeah. soldier, Eduardo, Eduardo, Victorian. <laughs> Being English, Eduardo. Being not very English. Yeah, she, I mean, there's your first red flag. 
the 40-year-old from Oxfordshire said that the long-haired Eduardo immediately announced his love for her and later began confiding in her. All right, we don't need to know that much information. In her. It's a little <laughs> bit too fun, confiding in her, yeah. <laughs> Their spirited love affair hit the headline when Brocarde announced that they were to marry in a chapel on Halloween in 2022. <laughs> Brocarde posted a video of the ceremony on Instagram. Surprised it's not Friday the 13th. <laughs> Bricardi posted the video of the ceremony on Instagram where she was seen wearing all black with an empty space where the invisible Eduardo was said to have been standing. Oh, but that's hilarious. I'm going to have to find it. How do you spell her, how do you spell her name? <laughs> Did she know that you even turned up? Maybe you got cold feet. Um, however, shortly after they married, Brocardo said she was angry that her husband got too drunk on their honeymoon in the Barry Islands in Wales. So we've got the video here. Um, right, let's let's give it a watch, shall we, Mike? So go on, Joe, what are your thoughts? We've just watched the video of the the lovely um, wedding ceremony between yeah. Ricard and Eduardo. Is that was that what the, was that the name? Eduardo. Yeah, it's spelled stupidly. Go on. So what, what, what's your thoughts? Um, I think she's lost a plot, Mike. To be fair. <laughs> Yeah. Um, she looks like she was trying to fight him at one point in the video. She just kept like wandering backwards and forwards. She's like putting her hand out, and then she, it looked like she kept getting pushed. She's going, oh. and then and then he asked him, obviously, would he marry her? Marry her? I was waiting for her. I do, but that never came. So she was just like, he said, he says he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We'll just have to take your word for it, then, I suppose. It's a shame it wasn't the, the, the guy doing the ceremony. It wasn't like a medium. And he was like... <laughs> <laughs> just fingers on his temples going, he's coming through. If there's an Eduardo here, we'd like to know. <laughs> Would you like to marry this woman? I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting a why. I'm getting, getting a why. And, and it's, yes, he says yes. <laughs> I'm, Hold on, I've got someone else coming through. It's George. <laughs> he says he's the best man. Is anyone, does anybody know a George? Does that resonate with anybody? A George. <laughs> how do you do the first kiss? Um, how did you know she's kissing him on the lips? Oh, could you? Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, he's a coast. He could be floating up. <laughs> yeah. You may know, kiss the bride. Oh, I'm going to do more than that. <laughs> Oh God. oh God! We have to share a planet with these people. I mean, look, look. I'm, I'm one for love. The thing is, the thing is, right? If she wants to do it and it's not harming anyone, it's not putting anyone at the way. Crack on, you do you. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about that, Joe. That's a bit weird. It's a bit bizarre. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was our funny article of the week, and we hope that it brought a tear to your eye because it was a very beautiful ceremony. Um. But it's a shame that. That they couldn't sort themselves out. Maybe they're going to go to marriage counselling. <laughs> no, no, that's when the medium comes in, and he, he has to start to try and help her out, kind of thing. And then instead of going to a lawyer, they have to go to an exorcist to get a divorce. <laughs> so, Joe, with that, uh, with that done, um, and I am, I am mildly traumatised with the level of insanity some people seem to possess. Hey, possess. <laughs> <laughs> 
so with, yeah with, with that said thank you very much everyone for listening again we are on all of the socials uh, so please do get in touch if you wish to get in touch and have your say about something perhaps you also got married to a poltergeist and you want to give us your experience please do for you singapore people that are listening to us thank you again we love you guys keep it up get in touch we'd love to know who you are joe anything you want to say nah You have been listening to the Missing Intelligence Pod. Joe, where can people come and join the chat? Well, you can tweet us on Twitter. You can slide into our DMs on Instagram. Duet us on TikTok. Poke us on Facebook. Don't subscribe to us on YouTube. Or, um, uh, what do you do on threads? I don't know. Um, like, so, maybe? So us on threads? Is that a thing? I don't know. It's so new. So us on threads. There you go. Why not? All of them are at the Missing Intel pod. So find us there and let us know your thoughts and join the chat today.